Welcome to the Red Pill Training Podcast, brought to you by James Jousey Training, 3D Physiotherapy, and the Mansfield Sports Institute. Gemma, James, and Phil, delivering topical podcasts on fitness, nutrition, health, lifestyle, training, and sports. Hey guys. Hey, Phil. Hi, Gem. I'm not oh, saying hi. hello to you. I know. Hi, Tess. We're just like, it's like Phil's the centre of the universe, isn't it? Do it massage his ego too much, Tess. No, that wouldn't be good for me. No. Have we had a good day? Yeah, we've had a super day. Yeah. Jouse is looking good at the moment. Very good. Having his hacking cough, but. Yeah. Looking sharp, fella. Nice to see. Thank you. How's the marathon training coming along? Pretty well. Quiet week, but before that, really good. Yeah, Enjoying it. It's good. Which is weird to say that. I don't really like running. But you're learning to <laughs> love running. I'm learning to enjoy the process of running. Yeah. Tolerate the running. You've done a bit of timber as well. you lost a bit of weight. Uh, on the scales now, inches... Yeah, I could probably do it with a new wardrobe. Yeah. But considering I have no social life, it's not massively important. <laughs> I had a friend once. Yeah. Did so, you? Yeah, I did. Shocking. I did. What are we talking about today? The knee over the toe myth. Is it I've myth? started with myth. I've started with myth. Oh, the, yeah. oh, sorry. The myth should be the, is it the bad thing? that we have been led to believe it is. I think as we, we've kind of considered for years that it's not a bad thing, and the reason this podcast came about was because the other day I was doing a session with a, a person and I actually said, don't worry about the knee going over the toe, and they were like, well, that's, but that's meant to be bad for you. And I was kind of shocked that that's still a thing that was still a consideration by people I, I just thought it was like now everybody the accepted yeah. thing yeah. and like we've done obviously done some research towards this topic today and seen the the articles and actually the articles are fairly new this year yeah. on the knee over the tone debunking the myth so we seem slow to the but race but actually we've been saying it for a while but it's, it's why it's interesting mate because um, because it's something I still deal with as well in, on a daily basis is talking to people about it and, and so I think it's a good idea to do a podcast and let's just have a chat about it and let's let's dispel, dispel <coughs> some of the ideas and talk about the ideas and, and, and let's have it, yeah. have, it, have it working so who said it <coughs> where did it begin where did it come from well I think where it came from was um uh, an article written in uh, the Scandinavian Journal for Sports Medicine in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. It was, a, it was a series of articles, it wasn't just one, when it was looking at female uh, instances of cruciate ligament uh, ruptures. And the cruciate ligament ruptures was, was very prevalent, still is very prevalent in female sports. I think the statistics are, sh- are shocking, sort of, it's 25% of elite female athletes would at some point rupture their cruciate ligament. Uh, and simply, you know, they did some wonderful work, wonderful research, and they simply just looked at how, 
why are they getting these injuries and how do they occur? Um, and they sort of studied and studied and studied and they found out that <clears throat> something called shearing forces um, occurred when the knee was in a certain position and it seemed that the ACL or the cruciate ligament would always rupture in that particular position. Um, and that position happened to be a valgus or an inward motion of the knee whilst over the toe. Um, and, and, and unfortunately, I mean, it was great research and it was really well done. But they sort of, again, you could always argue or discuss the, the, the how relative the results were. But but what they did with the results was then say, well, okay, we never ever want the knee in that position because that's where the ACL goes. Um, and you know, as we know that that yeah. we know we don't want that. We want to train those positions, and we're going to go on to that later and talk a little bit about that later in in the podcast. But but ultimately, that was where the where it came from initially. That that the the studies proved that in valgus and over the toe, ACL in the female athletes ruptured the had the ruptures, and so and so started that the knees are never allowed to come inwards, and knees are not, never allowed to cross the toe because this was the position of the ACL rupture. Um, and and all rehab protocols and everything else and have been uh, erroneously in, in my in my opinion based on this these papers which were very very significant papers of their time but unfortunately have guided a, a way of squatting lunging and, and and training and step ups for 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 the best part of 30 years now and that's still going on as well isn't it with like rehab protocols for acls um and even in some of the healthcare professionals we're, they're still advising not to allow knees to either come in which is a different conversation but knees to drive forward over the top and actually you should be squatting with your back either up against a wall or dead straight and still managing to keep your knees from going over your toes. That's still something that's taught because of the risks or because of the perceived risks to the ACL when you're either rehabbing it or if you've got somebody with any sort of knee dysfunction or pain, I suppose. I mean, effectively, that that knee down against the wall, that chair position, the the only way we can physically... (laughs) elicit the chair squat is by doing it against the wall yeah in in the sporting world the vertical shin is the lower bar back squat yeah uh, or the box squat where they ask for that vertical shin but then with the vertical shin comes a uh, a change in bar position and then that forward lean of the torso to to be able to achieve achieve that position of vertical shin so we're in a we're in a place where we actually to achieve that position we've got to to make these training adjustments that are moving us away from actually what the body is how it's designed to actually move um, and there was well. a study that looked at that didn't it and even this is way back in 86 I think and it looked at powerlifters um, and it compared successful powerlifters to the sort of less skilled powerlifters and they had a tendency the less skilled to do that sort of bending forward, leaning forward, to try and they, they sort of hypothesised it was because they didn't want their knees to drive forward, but actually that then increased the, the load or torque going through their their hips and their back compared to the more sort of elite powerlifters. Yeah, um, I think that's. I've I've also got a similar similar study here, which was uh, the University of Memphis uh, in two thousand and three. 
um, saying that knees extending over the toes significantly increases stress on the knees. Placing a barrier to block the knee increases the torque on the hip. But either way, they're just shifting, shifting weight. Yeah. Uh, the axes of force or where the, where the stress is, yeah. either forwards or backwards. Yeah. But ultimately, it needs to be over the, the centre. Yeah. The centre of mass. And who's to say that. that sort of torque and stress is something that you don't want through joints? I mean, obviously, there's to a certain extent, but when you're doing a squat, or if you've got, particularly if you've got weight, there is going to be stress going through a number of joints. So rather than having it always over one side or always over exactly. one joint, then you're yeah. going to need to separate them out. It's not that the stress or the, the load through the joint is the problem, it's how we... Yeah. how we do it as opposed to if what we, we're doing if yeah. we have more stress going through one joint versus yeah. the same stress going across three then we've got less yeah exactly uh, less yeah. stress yeah. Um, because the loads don't change it's just the stress where doesn't change yeah. it's just where, you, where we're putting the stress um, so I think going into the leverage of squatting um, so uh, leverage on the knee so when we squat this is a type 2 lever at the knee um, so that is where the effort force and the resistance are on the same side of the fulcrum so in the squat the fulcrum is the knee so then the effort force so that's sort of the pivot point isn't it as to which yes yeah, yeah. so if we're, if we're going into that vertical knee position then we're saying that the fulcrum is the knee. Yeah. The effort force and the resistance force, so the resistance is the weight, what we're trying to push up, and the effort is coming from the the joint uh, proximal or above the knee, so the effort is around the quad, the hamstrings and the hip. Yeah. Um, so with that type 2 lever, the further away we move the hip, so sending the hips backwards to keep that vertical, that vertical shin, that increases the lever arm. So when we increase the leverage, or the, when we increase the lever arm, that means that we are getting a greater stress at the fulcrum. Yeah. So with less weight, you're increasing. We're in, that, yeah. It, it takes less, with less weight. We still have greater. Yeah, uh, a bit like how hard it is to hold something out in front of you directly with your arm straight yes. out. The, it's so much harder than it is sort of yes. bringing it closer towards you. So it's, as we all know, trying to bring the centre of gravity or centre of mass closer towards yeah. your... Exactly. Yeah. Which is why going knees over the toes means that everything, the knees, the knees are closer to the centre of mass, the hips are closer to the centre of mass and the weight is closer to the centre of mass. So therefore it's... The force is dissipated better. But they still, I mean, you can still look back and people still quote studies to say that the, that torque increases at the knees. And that's why I think it's it's hard to dispel, isn't it? Because yes, that is the, the truth, but yeah. that isn't necessarily a bad thing. And there's no research to suggest that you're increasing the likelihood of injury by bringing your knees further forward to your to your knees so there's a study done in 2013 that said that basically said that so although it's a common sort of perception that you're going to increase your your 
the injury to your knees if you do that, then there is no suggestion that that's the case. They looked at some cadaver studies to say that actually the highest compressive sport, um, forces through the kneecap would be seen at 90 degrees, which would exactly make sense because if you're... Yeah. Well, would, would, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is then, I mean, actually talking about squatting and leverage there. So if we do the, um, from the performance point of view, the... the the low bar back squat, the box squat with that vertical shin, if the force at the knee is greatest at 90 degrees and you are just breaking or you are just at 90, that is the most stressful position in the world for the knee and you are that is your bottom position. Yeah, and then so, try and push back out of that. And now you're trying to push back yeah. out of that. So you're in the worst position of the squat possible, which is the yeah. bottom. That's the hardest point in time. It's easy to fall into a squat. Standing up is where the effort is. So that point of change from going downwards to back upwards, that point of change is at 90 degrees in the knee. Yeah. Whereas when the knee drives forwards in the squat, as we then stand up, that 90 degree angle of the knee is now way past. The pelvis has come, is is higher up in time. The pelvis and the knee are not at 90 degrees. Yeah. Um, the pelvis is above it when the knee gets to 90 degrees, uh, which is then, uh, is the, well, yeah, probably the top third, top third of the squat, quarter of the squat. Yeah. So you're just finishing off the squat, which yeah. is, if you don't finish that part off, you're soft in the head. Yeah. <laughs> can I ask you a question, Gemma? You can oh, try, yeah. The, the research you've been reading there, how are they measuring the uh, amount of torque? That is a very good question. Um, I'm not entirely convinced I've got the answer for, if I'm honest. No, okay. um, and I don't think they talk about that. I think they talk about perceived yeah. um, stress through the knee. Um, I think that's the other thing of them... is, 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 of course, uh, uh, a, 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 a body working harder, moving greater weight feels harder, uh, or if you feel more stressed. But, but that's why I say my, my inkling was it was a perceived... Uh, yeah. One of the studies um, that was done that looks at sort of the depths of squat as well, which is, oh, in, again, 2013, they look at the Newtons through the, the patella and the forces, but again, they're okay, looking they do at it. cadavers. Yeah. So obviously yeah. that's easier to... Yeah, that's a shame. Load. Yeah. 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 Because, of course, muscular... muscular strength has a huge ability and also activation of different muscle groups we don't think we need to cover too much of that now but activation of different muscles has a huge, has a, a huge amount to say um, in, in that, that the fact that when you come uh, when you come forward you, you, when you come forward with your knees going over your toe then you will have uh, a greater sort of a lower down patella tendon um, stress where the, the, the sort of wall squat and wall sit as we've been talking about there there the stress will come a little bit higher up towards the hip um, and that's also of course extremely relevant based on the the area of, by the area of the muscle so, so so of course they will perceive that there's greater stress in the knee because of the as you say because the tibia is moving because the tibia is, that's the shin bones moving and the femur is moving at the same time then you will perceive the stress to be a little bit further down in the knee so if it is just based on well, where do you feel it hurts the most? And of course, it, you feel it hurts the most with, with the squat where the knee comes over the toe. But whether it is the most stress for the knee, I doubt that very much. Um. The other thing that um, going from, like you say, going from the, the stress of sort of through the knees is looking at the contact time between the the kneecap and the femur as well when you're sort of pushing up and out of it, and the adaptations of the cartilage and the soft tissues around. Yeah, yeah. So they they talk a bit. 
um, about this similar study and doing MRI scans and doing a, a movement MRI scan with lots of things where they have professional weightlifters and actually they found that they possess significantly higher cartilage thickness in their kneecaps than pay, people that aren't um, aren't weightlifting etc. So without injury, the greater demand and stress has stimulated the body has it, adapted. Yeah, so yeah, which yeah. It, there's, there's no suggestion that, that would be a negative thing. It looks oh, yeah. I mean, what's what's interesting, like I mean, this this experience that I've had with working with uh, with athletes, uh, this is purely observational and anecdotal. But I had once had a um, a young lad who's only twenty one, um, does CrossFit squatting regularly, and he had chronic tendonitis for the last one to two years in his in both knees. Uh, really? couldn't walk up the stairs couldn't walk down the stairs Blimey. without pain oh, okay. when I assessed his squat he had and naturally he had very poor ankle range so very poor dorsiflexion so he naturally had a vertical shin um, and it was just interesting that that vertical shin that can't go over the toe yeah. now the guy's got chronic tendonitis so if, if that was so safe if, 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 they're not, if they're not, if yeah. they're not coming forward is yeah. if, if going forward is so bad, why is someone that physically can't go forward got chronic tendonitis and you can, in the knees? Even though, as they said, that there isn't any sort of real sort of um, research to suggest that anything will cause injuries to the knees when you're squatting in that position, you can sort of hypothesise that if you do stay at ninety degrees, if we know that the forces are going through the knee at that stage, you can see that you're going to get the tendonitis. The different loading of the cartilage, the sort of pathologies that are then associated with that. And it's the same when you then look at the position that the hips and the back have got to get into. You can, even if you don't have all the research to back it up, you can hypothesise that that's going to put more pressure or more stress or more load incorrectly through the lower back, through the hips and the pelvis. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think that... Um... <clears throat> I think that when, 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 when we're when we're squatting there, uh, like you're saying, you you stress a structure, a structure becomes stronger, and you use it. So it goes back to controlling it. I mean, it doesn't matter what position we're in, in front of the toe or behind the toe. If you have too much stress to cope with in that particular situation, then it will end up dangerous for you. The question is, is what are you using it for? And what, <clears throat> why are you using it? What are you doing? What was the reason for? For that particular activity, I mean, I know one of the key, one of the big, um, one of the big <coughs> surgical issues. And we have a podcast on surgery uh, coming up shortly, um, but it is uh, what we call posterior medial compartment. If you imagine the knee divided up into four sections, and it's the back inside area there. There's a lot of, especially on the on the femur, which is the top bone uh, in your leg. It, there's a lot of wear and tear on that bone there. Uh, particularly in uh, the leg extension, not that we should talk about leg extension, no, we're talking about squatting, but leg extension machine, uh, which in my humble opinion should be banned from every fitness centre <laughs> in the world. Uh, that will take another day. Um, but but what you've got is you've got, in, in, in nature we tend not to have, as, as you've alluded to, Jousey, there, that we, we tend not to have one bone moving and one bone still. They tend to be moving in tandem and moving with each other. And the problem you've got there is when you've got a, a, a fixed uh, lower leg and you've got the upper leg moving on top of that, 
it's not getting it, the, the simplest way to describe it is, is, is the, the tibia is not moving out the way when the tibia is moving forward over the toe it's opening up the knee and it's where when, when you don't have that forward motion of the tibia it, it's it's in the way uh, so it's staying there and then so the, the top bone there the femur is coming down and you're actually getting this banging in the back inside uh, compartment of the knee and that's where we see the wear and tear to the to the articular cartilage uh, is that they're, they're, you're having that bang and wear and tear. The um, <clears throat> the meniscus is is a little thinner in in that particular area as well. So there's a little bit more exposure to uh, the bone below. And it is, I mean, it's a, it's a very simply, it's just bone banging against bone. So it's just the, the the tibia doesn't move out the way. So as you as you're moving the femur down, you're just getting this collision at the back aspect, and you're wearing away the the the, the cartilage. Um, and we have a picture of that, which uh, we will post as a as a as a part of this um, part of this this podcast for you guys to to see exactly what we're talking about. So the so I think the the, the next thing to talk about is as, as we just discussed is what we're going to use these squats for. I think the decision yeah. the decision then is, is that we're not saying we're not saying for one minute that it's wrong to have a the knee behind the toe or the knee in front of the toe or you should or you shouldn't or you should always do this what we're saying is it's important to understand why you're doing what you're doing and then it's not bad to have to the knee over yeah. the toe which is what we've Absolutely. been led which is what we've led to believe. yeah exactly um, and of course the knee should go over the toe um, and the main reason for that is because that's what it does in sport um, yeah I mean that, that's the functional application of squatting um, knee drives forward that is relevant in most exercises most movements most sports so why are we not training yeah. we you need to train to the at, body to do that you only have to look at either the Olympic lifters to see where the, their knees go the sort of elite of the elite you can see where they, their knees go yeah. but also children have a look at children sitting in a squat and their knees are nowhere near yeah. that's sort of behind their toe they're completely over the top of it and they don't have any knee problems it's been our the sort of way that we've adapted and changed and almost restricted ourselves that's yeah. caused half the problems. But then we, do, we, we run, yeah. the knee comes over the toe. Yeah. We cycle, the knee comes over the toe. And they'll argue, oh yeah, but running hurts your knees. And it's like, uh, well, if running, if running hurts your knees so much, why are there... Why can there be men in their 70s and 80s running marathons still? Like we could probably scan those knees and see that there's no cartilage in there. So having no cartilage doesn't mean that there's knee pain and that we can't run anymore. So it's it's one of those things that are all just statements that get thrown out there that ultimately we are machines that are wearing down. So yeah. we are going to see signs of wear and tear and it's not because the knee comes over the toe, it's because we are... We're using ourselves. We're yeah. using ourselves, yeah. we're using the body. Okay, sit down, do nothing, see how healthy you become. Like you, you're going yeah, to be unhealthy. You, yeah. You're going to have joints that aren't worn out. Yeah, probably. But you're also going to be chronically ill from yeah. not moving. Yeah, exactly. um, so a completely different health issue. Um, Absolutely. So I think I think control is a really key word here. Is control and understanding of what you're trying to replicate. Uh, and as we've said, you, you know, you you can use as many hours as you want. And you can see any sport. You can take golf swing. You can take walking upstairs. You can take <clears throat> cricket you can take any sport in the world 
and pretty much in every step or change of direction the knee will drift over the toe and it will drift inwards. So we need to make a decision, do we want our athletes to be able to understand that or do we want our athletes to train, never train it? Because the reality is <coughs> that knee is going into that position. So we've got a choice. Do we make that motion motor do we make that motion strong by learning a motor pattern that understands it? Or do we not do that? Do avoid we train, it. avoid it and say we never go there because we're going there? Yeah. And just hope that you don't get in there and then get injured. Is that yeah. A, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean since yeah, this since this myth, we'll call it the myth, yeah. knee over the top myth has come about, it's been around for a long time. Knee pain's not gonna away. No nope. injuries haven't stopped. No, so it's not. They're worse. There's more. It's, yeah. it's yeah. not worked. It's not that knee, knee pain's been solved and knee injuries no, hasn't. disappeared. You so have to see my clinic list to realise that knee pain hasn't gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that that gives us the answers. Simplistically, that gives us the answers itself. Yeah. Um, that it's not working. And we have a podcast coming up soon on what we call a functional continuum. Um, and uh, we'll cover a little bit more of exercise selection in that. But but suffice to say now is that is that it is about analysing the sport that the, or the air, the mo- not even the sport, the motion that this person exists in, in in their in their daily activities and try to replicate it and make it as strong as possible. And so the nervous system understands these positions. Um, and then there's benefits that go with that, as 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 Gemma said with 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 quoting a paper there that. <clears throat> that when I have more stress through the knee and my body has to work harder, I stimulate things and I grow things and I be, and I have more integrity and and better and finding the balance between that and then not wearing down too quickly, is 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 crucial. Um, so, so yeah, it's 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 old news, uh, <laughs> but it seems like it's for some reason it needs to still be still coming new. around. It's still coming yeah, around, still coming around. again. Um, but I mean, as I say, it's not wrong to take your knee over your toe is not right it's just what what you need to use it for I mean runners the runners that, that I'm uh, the runners that I'm coaching I'm making sure that I'm, can, sort of, I'm curing them and, and physically sort of demanding they push their knee as far over the toe as possible when they're doing the lunges because that's exactly what they do running especially downhill running the stresses that go through it's very important to prepare them for it so that's a, a key element there Perfect. Have we covered it all, team? I think so. I think so. If you've got any questions, though, and you'd like us to cover it, that that you don't feel have been answered, if if we have missed something, then please fire them over, because we'd love to uh, try and explain it all as best as we can for you. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast and want to come and join us on our Red Pill Movement Assessors course, we'll be teaching you the biomechanical assessment procedure designed by James Jowsey and Phil Mansfield. We have two dates left this year, the 23rd and 24th of June in Whatever It Takes London, which is selling fast, so uh, book up, or the 27th and the 28th of October in Reebok CrossFit Nuremberg. Look forward to seeing you there.